this time round, we're going to be talking new blood. Old guard, new blood is going to be talking about content. Obviously, this wouldn't happen without our sponsor, Majestic. So thank you very much to Majestic for uh, coming on and sponsoring the, these events and these webinars. Um, if you haven't tried their new product, uh, Majestic Monitor, uh, we're actually uh, talking about it at... Um, uh, paid social event, uh, which is a Brighton SEO sponsored event uh, or put on by Brighton SEO in a couple of days. So have a look at that. And there's a demonstration of Majestic SEO and, and particularly Majestic uh, Monitor. Um, and uh, hopefully that'll sort of highlight interesting ways of finding influencers um, and using uh, the flow metrics that Majestic has to find influencers. It's a separate product to the main Majestic product. So have a look at that. Uh, okay, guys, so uh, I'm going to uh, start by asking the, the panelists to introduce themselves. Um, hopefully, you know a little bit about them, but uh, I, uh, I'll let you guys talk about yourselves and, and your experience in writing and content. And Miranda, uh, you're up on my screen in, 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 as, as the, uh, the, the first person to go. So why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us about yourself and uh, who you are. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me today, Dixon. You're welcome. Thank um, you for coming on. appreciate it. Yeah, uh, Miranda Miller um, from Miranda-Miller.com. I have been a writer, editor, and content marketer for 15 years now, so I think I might be the old guard on this call. Um, formerly the editor of Search you, Engine you, Watch. You and me are the old guard, by the way. I can just, just you know, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm still Not that I'm we're aging really ourselves, old. but... No, 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 but, you know, there we go. Thank you for volunteering. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so today I have a small creative agency and we help brands um, with their publishing operations, getting started and, and running them as well. Okay, that's great. And, uh, and you're, on, are you, you're writing on Search Engine, which one? Search Engine Journal. Journal, yeah. Yes. You've got to get the right one. You can't say the wrong one <laughs> on the wrong thing, you know. Uh, so yeah, I've seen some posts over there and there's some great stuff over there. Rebecca, who are you and where do you come from? Hi, As we say in one of the one, one of the shows in uh, in the UK. So you know, who are you and where do you come from? Um, so I come from a little town called the Black Country. It's quite literally <laughs> halfway between Birmingham and Wolverhampton. So I belong to neither, um, and what you call a yam yam. And uh, I have five years experience in digital marketing and writing. So I feel like that might hopefully make me a young blood, even though I don't always <laughs> feel it. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I started out as a content writer. Then I explored SEO, PPC, social media. Um, realized that I still love content and went back to it. Um, that's what I do at Sweet Digital. Uh, I've just finished NaNoWriMo, which is writing a whole novel in a month, and it was really, really tough, but I did it. Well you did done. what? Say that again. Sorry, what did I miss? <laughs> it's called the NaNoWriMo challenge, and you have to write an entire book in a month. Um, yeah so I did it two years ago um and I'm just editing that book now and I took a break from that to do it this time around um okay and I forgot how hard it was <laughs> and how tiring <laughs> that is major I've tried three times and have never finished one so kudos to you thank you <laughs> okay and we got Jason Jason Darrell jumping in there saying hey I'm from Tipton go yam yam so yes, uh, go. You, you have a friend in the audience so wonderful <laughs> And David's asking me if I can see myself streaming on Facebook. I can, but I can't give you a link because it's just my Facebook uh, stream. So uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Sean, who are you and where do you come from, sir? Oh, I mean, originally I'm from a, a lovely little place called Bury St Edmunds, but currently I've just recently moved out of London and I'm now living in Portsmouth. 
so yeah, by the coast. So um, COVID's been a strange, strange time, and it's been a time of reflection for me. So got myself out of London and now living by by the seaside, so ten minutes away. And I'm um, I'm head of content. Uh, I prospect in the in the London team, um, but I previously worked at um, Greenlight uh, Digital, and that's kind of where I first sort of um, got involved with SEO. But before that, I was um, I was training to become a journalist and I realised that getting into journalism was, was super difficult, particularly as I wanted to be a music journalist. And it appeared that most music publications were either going out of business or they were cutting staff. So um, I actually wrote my dissertation on why the enemy should go completely free. Um, and then I sent it to them when I when I finished my MA. And then about two years later, they did go free. So I like to claim that that's because of that uh, dissertation I wrote on that topic. But I think it's more because advertising sales were probably something that they were going after at that point okay interesting i know and i know warren from Greenlight uh, fairly well i did that bit back in the day i'm i'm more uh, more tech side now so uh, yeah okay that's he's, great he's a, yeah he's a good guy and uh, yeah, yeah i remember Absolutely. i used to sit near him so him and I go back a long, long way. There's early days, you know, definitely on the, on the old guard on that one with Warren. Uh, okay, guys, so I wanted to start with uh, my, my my first question for each of you, just in case people don't have the time to go through all 45 minutes or um, or they want to make sure that they're going to get something out of here. Um, content is is the topic of the day. What's the, if, if they don't listen to anything else, what's the one tip that you can give to people about content that we can, we can get, right at the top of the uh top of the show uh and I'll, I'll tell you what sean you're on my screen again so i'll start with you so if you're going to have one one tip that people can take away about content what's it going to be so it's uh, like a super difficult question to start the session but like yeah i know because i'm a nasty kind of presenter <laughs> really, you know. no, I like then, and then i'm going to come back and argue your points later on if i uh if i keep myself organized <laughs> okay yeah i mean i guess like for me it's um it's something that we were doing when i was at green light um sort of five or six years ago and i don't think this has gone away but it's it's really trying to understand who the audience is and i think that that's somewhat changed in seo quite a lot over time so you know big period of time of my of my time working on some and clients, I guess we were looking at a lot of like seasonality and peaks of, of sort of keywords, but we tend not to look at that as much anymore. And I think it's actually really important to understand who your audience is and what they're asking. So obviously Google helps us with that, with things like PWAs and, and sort of um, PA, sorry, and, and feature snippets, but actually looking at things like Trustpilot and people's like reviews on, on Google and other platforms actually gives us an insight into what people are asking. I think second to that is working with the, so my side, obviously I'm, I'm agency side, so I work with the brands, um, you know, the relationship that we have there is, is very much like trying to find out exactly what sort of queries and questions the customer service team might get or the sales team might get because understanding what people are asking of those teams can help us write the type, the right type of content and the type of content that, that people want. And I think that that's, that's kind of like the thing I would always sort of, um, you know, try to try to work with my teams on and I think the best article we've ever done in my time at our prospect just to give a quick uh, shout out to, to the team that worked on this was for a shower brand and the article is a step-by-step guide on how to remove mold from your shower head and it is still to, to this time my five years of working on that brand the best performing page that we've other than the home page is the best performing page and it's because it literally gives you step by step on that specific topic, which is such a problem for people. And I know that removing mold from a shower head is a problem because I've currently got the problem. <laughs> um, so I need to probably go and read that article again and uh, follow those steps. Okay, uh, guys, panelists. So I've just put the link to the uh, to the uh, live Facebook 
thing in uh, in the uh, chat. So if you uh, have an opportunity to pop it on your Facebook feeds or somewhere, then that that would be great. But uh, this one, uh, and Miranda, tell us about uh, your one tip for us. Yes, I think Sean touched on on. I agree with everything he said, and I think what what he he started alluding at there is that you have to treat it like a publishing business. So a publishing operation, you know, if, if content is just whoever has some spare time on a Thursday afternoon or the interns writing it, or, you know, it's just a chore, it's an extra task. It's, it's going to be really difficult to meet your goals and, and it's going to be hard for, for readers to appreciate that. So it is, you know, the reason that journalists, um, transition so well into content marketing is because the principles of publishing and storytelling are the same. That has not changed. So who the publishers are has changed. Brands or publishers now, you know, there's not a lot of money left in traditional publishing. Um, if you're trying to get a job as a magazine writer, that's going to be really difficult for you. Um, but I think treating it as a proper publishing organization and making sure you have the resources to do that properly, like set yourself up for yeah. success so you're not wasting your time. I might come back to that, I think. Uh, but before I do, Rebecca, why don't you jump in and tell us your one tip you're going to uh, give to people about, you know, how to write content or how to do content, approach yeah, I, content. Yeah. Um, well, first, congratulations, Sean, on your uh, showerhead piece. That's amazing that it's doing so well still. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think my piece of advice is something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. Um, and it's to, to sort of try and disconnect the idea that content belongs in SEO. It's It's sort of an aid to help SEO, but it's not there purely for SEO. Um, so I have a history in SEO as well, but I still work closely with my SEO um, co-colleagues because I'm writing for um, interest and for the audience and the SEO will help that, but it's not all one sort of one whole thing. It's loads of different things coming together. And I think okay. a lot of the time people assume that content is just part of seo and it's not it's so much bigger than that sorry this is me i've just messed up the system i've just uh, i've just put you on the facebook live thing and i don't know oh i'm doing a wonderful job today it's great <laughs> superb okay we're definitely live now because i can i can see you on two screens so you know thank goodness i'm gonna have a producer for next month to make this all better so that's good okay guys uh right i i, I wanted to start off with um with a, uh, a question that um, I, I, is is something that, that kind of is important to me, I think. Um, uh, you guys have sort of talked about treat it as a publishing business and, you know, understand your audience and, and those kind of things. But for most of us, we don't have that kind of resources. We've just got to be exactly what Miranda says we shouldn't be, which is the, the, the guy that, you know, wakes up on Thursday afternoon and says, I've got to do a blog post before the end of the week. Um, so, so, and, I, and, and we can come back to why that's a, a bad state of mind, bad state of affairs, where you need some more resource and stuff, and feel free to punch your angles, and I, I'm happy to do that. But um, but I do want to ask, because um, you know, most of the audience are SEOs, uh, is it better on the internet to write short, punchy content that you can understand quickly, you know, uh, and or is it better to write in-depth content? Because to me... Well, well, I've got I've got an opinion, um, and I could go both ways. But I, I'm I'm interested for you guys, you know, from an SEO perspective, short and punchy or uh, in depth and uh, and wordy. Who wants to go first? I'm happy to to jump in. Sure. I think um, 
I think the thing is, is I know it's like a cliche people say, but like, don't write for the sake of writing. So if like someone's query is, what is the time in New York right now? You don't need to answer that in 500 words. That can be like, can be answered pretty instantly. If the question is, how do, how do different time zones work across the world and how, how are they developed? Then that needs a, that needs a, a larger response. Like that's a really niche uh, article, I imagine, but I'm sure it exists on the internet. I think there's one of those things that, it's obviously something in the industry that, you know, you see these sort of graphs and these stats that if you write over a thousand words, you're more likely to rank, et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes like the query and the intent of the query doesn't require a thousand words. So therefore don't write a thousand words. But in some instances, how to apply for a mortgage or, you know, how to, I'm on a bit of a mold uh, uh, mission at the moment, but how to remove mold <laughs> from mold from my, my, my bedroom. Like that's maybe going to require a bit more detail about like the actual, you know, the doing of it. And it might require video content and it might require images to show people exactly what needs to be done. But if the question is simple, don't, you know, don't overcomplicate the answer. Okay. Okay. Rebecca, or do you want to jump in? Yeah, sure. Um, I always tend to do a little bit of both because personally I'm what I call a lazy looker. So when I read blog posts and things, I read the headlines first. And then if I want more information, I go deeper. So I, I try to do both. I try to do really punchy um, headings um, in more in-depth content. And then I, I try to summarize as much as I can as well, um, just so that person who's mm. really leisurely, they can take the time to read it. Someone who's in a rush, they can just get the main points and go. Um, and I find that works quite well. Okay. Miranda, anything to add? Yeah, or I think you'd agree with those kinds of points. <laughs> I think um, they both have their, their purpose and it's critically important that you understand the purpose of each piece and that it's published in the right format. So that short, punchy, you know, FAQ style content, that can be great for helping you achieve position zero or for voice search, that kind of thing. And then you need to understand, okay, what, what option am I giving them to go deeper? So mm. when, when we did, um, I did content for Quark Expeditions, which is like big ticket luxury travel. And we had four very distinct buyer personas. And it's important that you understand, like, what is that person looking for next? We had people who would digest like 50 pieces of content before they would book because it's a $25,000 wow. trip, right? Wow. And there are some types of buyers who really want to know every single detail. They want to know, like, what am I going to be doing every day? Who mm. is leading me? You know, what are their qualifications? And then there's other people who just want to know what kind of experience they're going to have. Am I going to have good Instagram shots, you know? So understanding who you're writing for and where that piece of content fits in the customer journey is super important. So a slight aside there, it's my, my, my wife, um, she'd need content for after she's booked actually, because she's got, she, she loves booking in January for the, for the summer holiday kind of stuff. And then it's all about the waiting in between, um, which is, which is another bio uh, persona, I guess, but okay. So, so I, I, I get it. Right. So, you know, the BBC has this, um, this, this uh, thing where they say, well, you've got to get five of your topic, five of your points in, in the first sentence or something like that on a BBC news article and stuff. And, and, but I then I worry about how much we're wasting our lives on writing content that no one's ever going to read. And that's my, that's my concern about, you know, uh, writing long form content. Um, I can see how it gives a lot more context to a search engine that's trying to find the meaning under uh, the underlying meaning for it. Um, but I can, I can also see that there's a huge amount of writing that doesn't get read by very many people, even they'll read the headlines and where well, Rebecca, you said the lazy looker. And I think, you know, as SEOs, we're probably pretty all well, all guilty of not reading 
uh, you know, if I put something out on, on, on Twitter and ask people to, to look at it, I get likes well before anybody could possibly have read the content. So, you know, <laughs> uh, um, so, so I, I do worry about that. And then I, I, th- I sit there and think, well, I suppose we're doing it for the search engines then, but I've got to do it for more than the search engines. Surely we've got to take some pride in our, our, um, our in what we're doing. So that brings me on to the second question really is, um, you know, how long do you, as, as people that, you know, are basically, you know, are, are paid to to think about these things and write about these things and 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 come up with a with a, you know a strategy, not just necessarily a, 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 a sort of an, an idea for a post. Um, how long do you usually spend writing a post or or, or writing a you know what what happens? Would the customer come in and say, "I want a piece on this," and then you kind of come up with a whole structure and things? How long how long does that take? And again, you're on the screen, Miranda. It's on my screen, so why don't you go first? <laughs> I mean, it really varies. Um, One of my, I mean, I think the best content comes from inside the company, even when you're working as a contractor. So, and this again goes back to journalism, the ability to interview people and to extract that knowledge and turn that into the, the story and the content and the format that people are going to be engaged with. Um, So, I mean, it can be, you know, four to six hours. There's a lot of planning that goes into it. And then usually I'll have one of my writers do it and then we edit it and then it's optimized and then it's out there. But I think the the more important thing is what you do with it later. So how is it being promoted? And mm. if you've spent that time creating a really solid piece of content, you can come back to it a year, two years, five years from now and keep updating it. Make sure that your calls to action are sending people to the, the most relevant offers or landing pages. You know, don't just let it sit there and rot. Um, keep it keep it it's it's a living breathing piece of your organization so keep it up to date okay uh and uh, am i still talking or am i gone on to uh, silent mode it says i'm on mute i can hear you oh that's fine okay <laughs> but, uh, there we go this is just going weird this one now uh, okay rebecca do you have anything you want to ju- jump in there so how long do you how long do you spend on a piece of content what goes into that i mean yeah it's it super varies um I actually did a poll on this on Twitter um, and obviously that's the usual Twitter responses uh, from a fair few people. Mostly saying it depends. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No, one person told me it took him a week and I was like, I really don't quite, I mean, if that's true, like five whole days of solid eight hours a day, then like, I'm not sure. Mm. I think you're kind of trying to mess with my results there a little bit. (laughs) This from a person that can write a book in a month. So, you know. Well, (laughs) but is it any good? Um, (laughs) uh yeah so I mean I've got for example so if I'm doing a I do guides monthly um with our clients that can take me anything between six and nine hours um blog posts sometimes it's um sometimes it's three or four um if it's a brand that I really know and I really like um it's a lot quicker especially when I've got time got, had time to get to know them a lot more um okay. and I suppose as well it depends on how the writer's feeling at the time um that really has a massive impact and i think people don't put enough um thought into that um i wrote a piece the other day and it really got to me and i was oh, i'm not gonna lie i cried a little bit because it was about um care at home and it was it was just a really um lovely piece but he say so myself um and you know that, that kind of put me out for a little while and i had to sort of take a break and i think how you feel affects how long it takes you to write something I think that's very interesting. And it's probably the difference between a professional writer and somebody who just tries to knock out on a Thursday probably comes out in the writing. So yeah, yeah. Sean, can you speak, you typically spend a whole day on a piece of piece of content? 
Um, no, not at all. I think like recently I wrote a piece and it took me half an hour, but um, I had a lot of like information from the team. So I think that what I was going to say when sort of add to what Rebecca and Miranda have said is around if you know the brand and if you know like the, the topic very well, I think it's obviously like something that's quite quicker. If you work in an agency, you know, often that you're working with like lots of brands. So um, Katie, my team, if she's listening, shout out to her. She writes on lots of, well, lots of work. She sometimes has to write about finance and she has to write about fitness and then she has to write about dog care and then she has to write about beauty and it's like it's trying to get your head into sort of like the different products and maybe the different audiences so I think actually if you know the brand really well we've we've personally found that if you put people onto certain brands or on or certain topics they can get to know that brand a lot more and I think actually from an agency point of view I've found a lot of brands that we work with are specifically looking for us to provide people with expert like knowledge in that particular sector so whether that's finance or automotive actually having someone that knows a sector will probably, I'm making a story, I'm probably generalizing a bit, but it will reduce the time. Mm-hmm. I think that in terms of how you work and I, I can really, And probably increase the quality a little bit as well. I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, the more that you get to know, you know, the brand and the tone of voice and the audience, then I think that the, the better the content will be. Mm-hmm. I think you can sometimes spot when someone is, you know, I guess trying to use Google and use Wikipedia to, to fuel like their, their content and they don't quite know the topic. So you can get away with that on sort of like what I'd call fluffier content, which is, you know, like quite, quite easy to listen, to read and stuff. But if it's serious content that you're talking about and, and you're actually talking about topics that affect people's lives and their, you know, their day to day, then you do need like, you do need someone that knows what they're doing or has enough time to research. So I think sometimes actually what we find is the research, the insight stuff, takes longer than the actual writing. Once you've got all the information that you need, you know the brand, you know the subject matter, you know the audience, you're sort of just piecing it together. So I think a lot of the time, and it probably maybe maybe it's just the way that we, we operate, that we, we do a lot of like mm-hmm. upfront work before yeah. you know, we brief the writer. But then I think Rebecca mentioned it, and I think it's a really important point to say that once you get sort of into the um, realm of writing, you're in like a groove and you start writing. What I find, and maybe it's just, you know, time of year, meetings come into your diary, they disrupt what you're writing. Yes, you're in the middle of something, but then going back to that piece, you're like, right, what was I writing about again? And it takes you a bit of time to get back in. So what we try and do with, with Katie is block out time where she's, she, you know, she's writing and then joining a brainstorm with us or joining a, joining a meeting just to make sure that people are blocked out bits of time dedicated to, to writing. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I think, I think that, that, that point's interesting. And, and in the, in the chat as well, um, you know, Jason says, you know, visitors are going to recognize authority in the, uh, in the, in the um, content. And I think that also plays a little bit probably to, uh, to Google as well. If Google can recognize the author, um, then that may, it may have some kind of impact on, uh, on, on things as well. But, but going to that idea of writing content that you're not really, you know, an expert in. Uh, I've got a, a, a question from a, a, an attendee who says, um, are there, have you, can, can you give me any ideas on content related to the roofing industry? I don't feel like people would care enough about the roofing industry. So I think that's a good example to, <laughs> to, to bring in then, because it's the sort of thing you guys probably end up facing on a regular basis. You know, the roofing industry, they've got a roofing website, they want some content, they want to give something that's going to be, you know, meaningful, hopefully, uh, and, uh, and content rich. Uh, what you know what would you do how would you how would you answer that question i'll go here yeah and I go think around it. building like looking from the perspective of the person who is the authority so if you don't have a team you know you're not in a brand you're not in an agency you're a sole proprietor maybe this is where it's super important to figure out what works for you and what resources are available to you so i have people who will send me voice notes 
And then we either use something like otter.ai, which is just a AI transcriptionist or send it to a VA and have it transcribed really quickly. Um, they might, you know, just jump on a zoom call for 10 minutes and explain what's on their mind. Like, Hey, I have this idea. Here's how I feel about it. And that again, when you're working with someone who has the ability to interview and sort of help you flesh out that idea, it's, it's so much more valuable to use those resources than to spend eight hours kicking yourself. Like, Oh, why can't I write this? Because not everyone's a writer. That's great. So, so what, you, what you're saying is, <laughs> as, a, as a writer, what you end up doing is just get, getting the expert in the in the room and on, on, a, on a Zoom call, record the call and turn it into into the content. Right. It's it's a matter of figuring out how to extract that expertise from that person who is the expert. And then, uh, okay. you know, how can you polish that up for them? Okay. That's a, that's, that's a good tip. That's a good suggestion. Okay. Anyone else want to jump in with roofing ideas for, for, for our guest? I'd take it from the... Um... I mean, I'm assuming that it's um, a person. The, the website is someone that's trying to sell roofing services, rather well, than. I, yeah, I'm guessing. I'm yeah. guessing that it's a, roo- a roofing person with their own roofing website and their own roofing yeah. company, and they're not naturally a writer, and they don't naturally have the resources to go and buy rifers because they're, mm-hmm. they're roofing. You know, uh, so yeah. so they kind of want the inspiration from us as content writers. Yeah, I mean, I would hop on things like um, the safety mm-hmm. aspects. So um, falls from height, I know from from other stuff that I've done, is a massive issue. Um, and that's something, how are they making sure that um, people that are doing the job up there are being safe? Um, and for example, is the environmental aspects of it, um, asbestos, there's, there's loads of things that uh, people that are having a new roof will care about or may not even know about what they should be aware of. Um, and I think, sorry, that's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I think don't be afraid to sort of stray away a little bit from your service to educate and to interact with your uh, readers because that's going to not only build your trust, they're trusting you um, and show that you know what you're talking about. It's also going to show that you care. It's going to build up a little bit of loyalty. Yeah. Okay. Sean, any, any other tips or ideas on the, for that as a, you know, a typical subject? Yeah. Roofing, not loads that I know about. Um, only that like, yeah, probably, probably got loads of problems with my own roof, but you know, who's looking at their roof, right? You're just like, ah, it'd be fine. Like unless it falls down, then there's no issues. I think like it sounds really like um, something that you would maybe do in you know, school or I know we do this a lot where like effectively if you've got roofing as like the topic and you sort of like put that in the centre, no, no, you don't have to be a writer to be able to sort of like work out what the related topics might be. And I know it sounds quite simple just to have a piece of paper, the topic in the middle and start thinking about what is it that like are related topics to that. So weather, weather would be related because the weather comes you know, will affect your your roof so you can start sort of like stranding out the types of content just from knowing the product and like a roofer will know roofing content more than i will so they'll be able to come to the ideas in terms of what what is related to that topic they'll know if they're in the industry they're actually you know like a roofer themselves they'll know what the, the what the key topics are so whilst that won't help them help them necessarily write the actual content it will definitely help sort of the inspiration of the types of content that would need to be created and then i guess in regards to sort of like the creation it's a case of like i know it sounds easy me sitting here saying this but give it a go i guess like just just try it mm-hmm. run it past someone that you know that like is maybe good at like sub editing like a couple of people a couple of my friends are just from from uni days i remember that they were really good with like 
you know, good with words. So, you know, if it was me, I'd probably just, uh, there's a cat appeared on the screen, which is just, just made me laugh a lot. Um, so if in doubt, just write about cat on the roof. That's uh, Yeah, cat on the roof. That's got to be a big topic, surely. Cats, Santa Claus on the roof, that's got to be a Love big it. one. Surely, oh, that's, like. yeah, topical as well, absolutely. Can, you know, problems of Santa getting down the chimney. Yeah, it's from, exactly. from a roofer's perspective. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, good ideas, actually. Molly's got a bunch in the chat as well. Beautiful views from the roof. Uh, we, take, yeah, we take the risks so you don't have to we make one of the ways to appear to the roof look like you spent one million without having to spend uh to do that so close to do that so a bunch of ideas in in the, in the chat there um and uh one thing i'll just add there is when it comes to ideas is uh, things like google suggest or answer the public or um you know question finder tools uh try and find the questions that people are asking on the internet and uh that'll give you a place to start because if you're answering something that somebody's already asking. A core is a good place to look and see see what uh, questions are on there on roofing. Uh, be wary, though, because a lot of those are, you know, the roofer has asked the question and answered the question, and actually they're the only person that's reading their own stuff. So you want to try <laughs> and find the stuff that that is it, is useful. I mean, we, we've got another one from uh, Himadri, who's uh, said, for a company that writes about the stock market, how do you make your content creative but still stay relevant? So rather than focusing, well, I mean, we can talk a little bit about the stock market, but... Um, being creative and still staying relevant. Miranda, you talked about um, content that could be evergreen, that could be changed and could be updated. Um, is there any ideas that we can give them in the stock market? Um, before I, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to go in through industry and industry and industry, but I'll take another one because, because the question came in, you know, we've got some, some ideas on how we can, you know, keep creativity in, in uh, sort of stock market stuff. Cause there's a lot of customers that are in the finance kind of sector. Sure. Um, and this works for roofing and it works for, I, I have another friend who um, has started doing digital marketing for an adult incontinence brand. And I was like, really? Like I never, you know, what do you write about? And he said, actually think about what people are going through. Right. And that's, that's the basis of every good piece of content. It's fine. It's you can call it tenor. Factor. We know what it is. It's all right. <laughs> it, it's like, yeah. People don't want to hear you talk about yourself. They don't want to read the brand talking about me, me, me all the time. And so if you're approaching it from a perspective of, you know, what matters to this person who's going to be reading this, who cares? What do they need to know? You know, what matters to them? So in the case of the roof, it could be, I'm about to spend $10,000. And as someone who has shingles flying off my roof, every time it's windy right now, you know, that's a pain point. So you could educate people and help them understand like different roofing techniques. Do they actually matter? You could do a lead generator um, buyer's guide. What should I be asking my roofing contractor? Um, you can do these sort of things for the stock market too. Like what's my biggest fear is that I'm, I'm going to lose my money in the stock market. Mm -hmm. So what practical tips can you share? You know, get creative around that. Are there different sources I should be looking at? Is there, you know, mm -hmm. it's the stock market's tricky because you don't want to give advice. Like you're telling people what picks to make because that's going to get you in a lot of trouble. Yeah. But Help people understand how they can, you know, get started safely and what they should be looking for, you know, how much growth is normal and, and these kinds of things. And Jason puts in the chat as well, you know, understand the pain points, which is a similar, similar sort of thing to what you're saying, you know, trying to find the, the audience's pain points and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and make that better for it to solve a problem for them, you know. Okay, Rebecca, Sean, anything you want to add in there? That'll be a no. Uh, well, if you got, if you do, then you've got to go off moot. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to do. I had, a, I did a whole presentation uh, the other month on mute 
and Ouch. it was horrific yeah oh. it was really embarrassing <laughs> and then I tried to do it again and I didn't share the screen and it was really <laughs> <laughs> well that makes my cockarts at the start of this look uh yeah. look like I'm a pro that's that's great <laughs> yeah I laugh now but at the time I had to drink a lot afterwards <laughs> yes okay <laughs> anyway uh, stock market ideas or creative yeah. ideas or whatever yeah um, yeah I can only think of one because the stock market I don't even really know what it is um but thinking of what I would like to read because I don't know what it is is if I were to get involved and I was to um invest money then mm. what I would really like is if there's a situation that's predicted to happen or is potentially happening I would love to know other occasions when this has happened and who came out the winner and who came out the loser for example just little case studies I think personally would be really interesting um as someone that knows anything about the stock market I don't know if that's <laughs> actually interesting but that's I, I quite like that. I, I, what I would say is, of course, it's a regulated industry. So, uh, so some of the things that we may say here, we're not qualified to answer you, uh, Amadri, because in the UK, uh, it's is uh, it's a regulated industry. But uh, the things that I look at are, you know, uh, I do look at, you know, tips and, and 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 ideas and things. And I love that idea, Rebecca, especially if you can find some uh, parallel um, data source to bring into a conversation. And the idea of saying, you know what, pandemics, they've happened before. This is what's happened to the stock market before. You know, these are these are things you can sit there and give people some, some data because I think in the stock market, people invest emotionally, but they think they're trying to invest rationally. So if you can actually give them some rational ideas and think thought process, you're probably doing them a favor. So. Sean, do you, do you want to add anything or should I just jump on? Yeah, the only thing I was going to say is that I think when you're, when you're in a sector which is regulated, which, you know, finance, stocks, like insurance. I think it's sometimes just like really useful to think about who's like an aspirational or like a brand that is doing really well in that space. So there's a number of sort of like brands that have launched over the last couple of years in the sort of finance insurance space, the sort of disruptors in, in that industry. So I sometimes it's quite fun to look at what they're doing. So Habito is like one of those, I'm not sure if you've seen their adverts, but they're like, they go mad with sort of like some of their imagery and some of their assets are really great. Um, so sometimes just like, I know it sounds like some quite simple, but just sort of having a look at what competitors are doing can sometimes provide inspiration to, to you yourself as, as a brand. But mm. yeah, I mean, stocks and shares as a, as a heavily regulated industry. So whilst in my head, I'm thinking, right, okay, what things can we do? Fictional TV shows that like have like, you know, have got like billionaires in it, like, but realistically that those ideas sometimes get sort of panned off because of like, you know, compliance and stuff. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I want to move to a slightly different uh, tack now. Um, Darren's asked, uh, and I think it's a good question to go into, um, what's the most effective way to promote your content or blog posts that you've written? Because sometimes it's not about the content itself, it's what you do after that content. Now, how, do you, how do you make sure that what you say, you know, however meaningful it is, doesn't fall on deaf ears? Who wants to jump in on that one? happy to go in that one i think this is one that i feel quite sort of like quite passionate about but i think that a lot of like content creation um does end up stopping at the point of sort of public publishing because i think that like there's not enough hours or enough resource or budget into the actual promotion of it but i think that the best sort of um content that i've been in, involved with in terms of myself professionally in my career have been content pieces where other channels have got behind so whether that be email whether that be paid in one instance, I worked with a, a high street retailer where we, we did a piece of content and we actually put it into the store itself. And that meant that like more people were seeing it. That was very lucky in that instance that the, the, the client mm -hmm. I was working with was bought into the, the content uh, concept that we had. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of like the promotion of it, I think that syncing in with other channels, how can those assets or that content be used in, in email, on social, 
PRing of it. If, if you're an SEO agency, I mean, we can talk. I'm sure there's a separate session around digital PR and link building, but that would be that would be a tactic that I would particularly want to use. Um, so yeah, just syncing with other channels and make sure that it goes further. But having a plan, so don't get it live and then go. Okay, now we should now we should do this. You've sort of got to know that when you start, you sort of need mm-hmm. to know when you're planning out that content exactly when and why you would be promoting that out externally. And I think I think it was um, something Miranda said about updating content so when you're producing content and you're promoting it think about how in a year's time it could be refreshed again so if you're using a data source could you then use that data source in a year's time when it gets refreshed and go again like it's just trying to always know that once content goes live on a website that it shouldn't just go and die it should it should hopefully live on for for forever uh, like my mold piece <laughs> <laughs> rebecca do you want to jump in i think he's answered that really well okay miranda I agree. I mean, content promotion is it's, it's, that's a whole webinar in itself. Um, It needs to be part of the planning process, understanding who you're trying to reach and where they, where are they online? Where do they live online? How are you going to reach them? So I I just want to add one idea, if if I may, uh, that I think is a good tip on this. And I think that I've uh, certainly, certainly when I've been promoting things at Majestic, if I've got my act together uh, before the post goes out, and actually start arranging the promotion before it goes out, it works so much better. So obviously when Majestic's launching something, the audience is, you know, the people I really want to talk about it are Lee Odden or Barry Schwartz or Lauren Baker or uh, now next on my list is Miranda Miller on on SEJ, you know. But so so, so I I have a a bunch of people who I do know and I've spent a lot of time trying to make sure that – well, buying buying Barry Schwartz drinks doesn't seem to work, but uh, but uh, you know, um, you know, trying to trying to make sure that I know these people well, so that at least they'll take my email. Uh, and uh, and um, when I've got a good idea, I don't do it with every post. I really don't do it with every post. But when we've got a product launch, I make sure that I let them know, preferably in advance of the uh, of of the launch. Um, and I actually say, you know, I, I say right. I, what I've done many a time is I've sent them a PDF of the the post that's going out and the URL it's going to go out at, and maybe some other material that if they want to write their own stuff about it, then then it's fine. Um, they can do that, but they know when I'm going to go live and uh, and what it what we're going to say, uh, and and that does tend to work because usually, uh, I don't know which one of you said it, but one of you said people don't like to hear you talking about yourself. And it's much better if Barry Schwartz talks about my product launch or, you know, somebody in my industry. And I, it doesn't matter whether you're a roofing person or whatever. If you're a business and you've got something to say, sometimes your blog is not the best place for it to be said. But certainly, if that's going to be the final place for you for the content, letting the people that really are good and good amplifiers of that, that messaging know about it beforehand so that they can leak it and get the, get the, the story and the glory that's going to be better for you in the, in the long run anyway. So. Uh, okay. So, uh, right. I've got probably time for one more question. Uh, so blind, blind. So informational details of the world. I don't know what that says there. That question has been there uh, since the start, but, but uh, uh, Jason says blind five-year-old, how has Google advanced in deciphering content or context from the days of 10 blue links? So I guess that is, um, uh, that's a hard question if you're the content writers, but you know, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there because it's uh, it's it's what the customers are asking for. So, uh, uh, um, how does how does Google is it, uh, is Google understanding it much better than they were before? 
And, uh, and how has that changed your writing styles? Miranda, you're nodding, so I'll oh, let yes. you go first. <laughs> How's that changed um, the way you've approached the problem? It's actually, I, I think that especially for that small producer who is the expert in their field, they don't have a content team, they should feel really good about how Google has evolved um, because Google's understanding of how topics are related and how entities are related has become so much better. So you do not have to worry about, you know, your keyword density. I still see people posting, you know, we want a 3% keyword density, like, mm -hmm. let that go. If you are writing from a position of authority and you're the expert in your field and you're keeping it tightly wound around one topic, that is naturally optimized for the way that Google evaluates content now. Okay. Rebecca, anything to jump in there? Yeah, I think um, the structured data that you can add to post as well, that's another layer of communicating with Google. Um, things like behind the scenes for images and videos and all those sorts of things as well. I think that's a really great way that Google's um, producing tools where you can directly talk to them, directly talk to them um, about what your content's about. <laughs> Indirectly about talk to them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about what the content's about. So you can sort of, it, it also takes away the whole, are you writing for Google or the customer? Because you can do both now but in two different ways. Okay. Okay. Sean? Yeah, both very good answers. I think that, like, I would say personally that I think that it's, it's much more useful now. I think that the way that Google's sort of, like, search engine results page presents, like, lots of different features, provides people with the, the information that they need. I think I guess that's the, the thing that Google wants is for people to stay within the search engine and not click through to, to sites. But, I mean, I think that, you know, that's that's something that that like I think you, it's something that is in the industry, but there's been lots of studies to say that people still will click through and see people still trust like the the feature snippet. So um, I think like it's been mentioned a few times already, but like the keyword density thing and the keyword thing is a bit of a, a bit of a nonsense. I think just write write the best piece of content you possibly can, and Google knows the entities has been mentioned. Like, so yeah, you you will you will the best piece of content will generally perform. Um, mm -hmm. I think personally, like as a user of Google, I find it super useful that like it presents me with the right formats at the right times when I need them. So yeah, the challenge the challenge for SEOs and uh, and companies is they can't get their head around um, necessarily. You know, if somebody reads it on Google and never comes to the website, then you know, have I actually got a customer? And it's hard to track at that point as well. And it's hard to it's hard for content writers then at that point to say, well, you know. I did a really good job of amplifying the message and, and, and stuff because no one's ever clicked through. So it's, it's hard for all well, of us when Google yeah, doesn't, you know. One of the most recent updates is obviously within the feature snippet when you click through, it takes you to the text passage itself, which in, in effect is a really good thing because it takes the customer right through to the bit that they want. But as a writer, that means that they've missed out potentially on all the bit above it that was super useful to set up that piece. So like it's, yeah. it's challenging, like I think on both sides, but I do, I do like echo what Miranda said about, you know, Google's, Google's, I think, actually setting up their algorithms towards great content. And if that's the case and that continues mm -hmm. in the future, then that's only a positive thing. One thing I did with that was uh, I wrote a long, long piece once, uh, which went through many. So, so, so I broke it into many, many different pages, or I suppose now I should be breaking it into passages. But I could, at the end of each passage, maybe put a link back to the, uh, at least to the section header so that people don't have to, uh, can easily get to, to see it in context might be something we should be doing more of. Yeah, um, I agree with that. That's that's like, you know, like the jump back to sections is something that yeah. I think should definitely be something yeah, we yeah. think about a lot more. Yeah, people have been saying recently that uh, the the rel priv and rel next has never was never used by Google and we shouldn't be using it, but actually maybe we absolutely should be now because we need to get the user to sort of move around the content that, uh, that now that Google's sending us straight into um, 
the individual sort of sections and things. Okay, guys. Um, so we're pretty much at the end of the time. It, it goes quick. These things. Um, what I'd like to do is just uh, just bring bring in David if he's if he's around and uh, uh, and because we're going to change the format a little bit next time round and find out what we're going to be talking about next time. So just for the audience benefit, where are we going next time, David? Sure. Um, next time around, we're going to be broadcasting on the Majestic social media channels. So make sure you're subscribed to the Majestic email list and we'll let you know exactly where we're going to be broadcasting live. The so we'll be date. live on YouTube, on, on, on uh, Majestic's YouTube channel as well. Yeah, on great. Majestic's YouTube, on Facebook and Twitter as well. So we're going to be broadcasting live at 5 p.m. GMT on the 6th of January. That's 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Fantastic. Uh, and guys, uh, and what are we talking about next time? New year. So next time, it's, it's, it's all about strategy. It's all about strategy for 2021. We're only going to be six days into the new year. Um, so what are the best ways of sitting down and defining your SEO strategy for the coming year and getting a head start on everyone else? Fantastic. That's going to be good. Uh, okay, so I, it leaves me to kind of say goodbye to you guys, but I, I, I would love you to just jump in and tell people where they can find out more about you or your organization. If they want you to write some stuff for them, where should they go? So Miranda, why don't you go first? Sure. Um, so thanks for having me on. That was fantastic. Oh, that was like the most fun I've had pleasure. on a Wednesday afternoon <laughs> in so long. Oh, that's <laughs> so very kind of you. <laughs> on Twitter and um, Instagram, you can find me at Miranda LM Writes um, on LinkedIn as well and Miranda-Miller.com. Okay, that's great. Sean, where do we find you? I prospect, obviously, but apart from that. Uh, in Portsmouth, but no, on, uh, on social, I'm, uh, I'm Sean, Sean C. Hill, so, or Sean Chill, uh, as, I've, uh, as I've coined it. Um, and on LinkedIn, Sean Hill iprospect.com, et cetera, et cetera. So, so, so are you chilled or are you stressed? Um, you know, is, is that, is that... <laughs> this, this session's definitely helped me feel more chilled. So something, something you guys have rubbed off on my, on my feelings. I definitely was like feeling a little bit stressed today midweek, but this is, yeah, this has done, done me, done me good for the, for the evening. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I can help the panelists as well. <laughs> Rebecca, uh, where can we find you and uh, how can the audience find you? My Twitter feed is just at Rebecca Dunn. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, but I very rarely use it. So there's really no, no point in getting to me on there. Um, for those of you that want to follow my personal writings, uh, I've got a website called rebeccawrites.co.uk. Um, that is not SEO optimized because I wanted it to just be fun. So please don't judge on that aspect. Um, it's just purely about uh, the whole concept of writing for pleasure and, and that kind of thing. Okay. And Rebecca's spelled with a K-A-H, right? Yes. Uh, Rebecca Wright. Uh, oh, is that right with a I-T-E, I'm guessing? Yeah, so. No, Rebecca Wrights is in I'm writing something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. W-R-I-T-E. That's what oh, I mean. sorry. Yeah, yes. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yes. Great. Okay. Yes. Got it. That's fine. Uh, so David, I think I've done everything I'm going to, I got to do. Just one uh, other thing yeah. I want to mention Good. actually is this also is a podcast. And um, if you want to subscribe to the audio podcast and listen to all the previous episodes, go to the Majestic blog, majestic.com. We are now live on Google podcasts on Spotify and Apple podcasts. So go and listen to the previous episodes. Go Majestic. Well done. Excellent, guys. Uh, thank you very much for coming in. I really appreciate it. When I press the end button, you guys will get cut off on Zoom. So, you know, I can't stay behind afterwards and say thank you. But I, you know, honestly, you guys taking out and share, sharing the information with, with the audience is, is really, really helpful to, to, to everybody. Uh, and uh, I hope you'll uh, I hope you'll stay in. And when, when we when we go off on the YouTube blog, you know, post the uh, post post the URL. I'll let you know where it is. Thanks, guys, and thanks also to the audience for watching as well. See you next month. Cheers. Bye.